Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you to think about and reflect on your business. What I try to do is take different topics, topics that I think are either especially relevant or even thought-provoking, that just by spending some time kind of integrating this into your daily plan, I think will help you. This podcast series is supported by my friends at Professional Remodeler, as well as many of my technology friends that really are out there really trying to help you really advance your business. So many of the topics I talk about on this podcast series uh, are either in kind of a higher level of thought-provoking kind of issues and topics, and some are down in the trenches to help you with some of the tactics and certainly strategies with your business. Today, I want to talk about, I think, one that came up in a recent roundtable discussion, and that is what are some of the key indicators out there of seeing kind of a shift in the market? As you think about the last two or three years, we've seen very robust activity with remodeling, that there's been a tremendous tailwind as it relates to the phone ringing, as well as sales backlogs being built up. There's also been some headwinds out there in terms of supply chain, labor issues, certainly many of the things there. However, I'm starting to see as I talk to companies all around the country, both in home improvement, uh, full service remodeling, design build remodeling, that I'm starting to see some shifts out there. And while I'm certainly not going to encourage you to overreact to this, I do think that it is important to keep your ear to the ground and watch for these indicators uh, in your business and certainly in the marketplace. But then there's also a few things that I think you can do to be better prepared, I think, for this. So I'm going to give you what I think are sort of seven internal, external kind of indicators that are out there that you can kind of keep an eye on. One is Consumer confidence. Consumer confidence has always been one of the biggest, biggest drivers for home remodeling and home improvement. As you really think about it, oftentimes I remember many years ago watching consumer confidence ratings go up and saying, I knew that already because of watching the remodeling activity in our business. Consumer confidence is driven oftentimes by what's happening in the stock market or certainly in the world in terms of war or interest rates or unemployment. So there's many indicators that are out there. But if you just kind of watch consumer confidence, whether it's on a very kind of subjective level or whether it's objective by actually watching consumer confidence ratings, I think that'll give you at least a pulse of, you know, are things steady and and as they go or are things backing off? I would say you might see some slippage in terms of consumer confidence in the near future. The second is watch other industries that are out there besides home improvement and home remodeling. You know, for example, watch the travel industry, watch the uh, certainly the restaurant businesses and those kind of things. Watch certainly the traffic out there. You know, all of those 
indicators that are out there. On the one hand, you'd say, oh, things are better than they were, say, a year or two ago. However, these are also diversions away from their home. You know, one reason the home has been such an important priority is people have kind of been in jail. They've been hunkered down for the last couple of years. So it's not necessarily a positive indicator for home improvement and home remodeling if, in fact, all these other industries are doing especially well. So again, I'm not encouraging you to be overly concerned about this, except just keep your ear to the ground. It's not necessarily better for home improvement when some of these other industries are doing especially well. Number three on my list of kind of external things is, you know, is recruiting and bringing on staff members easier or more difficult? If it's easier than it was, let's say, three months, six months, nine months, it's not necessarily because you're so much better. It could be because of the the marketplace is starting to shift. And again, I don't think this is an indication that you need to do anything in a drastic way about it, but I do think it's something that you should uh, just keep an eye on. And if it is easier, you know, don't just kind of lose sight of the fact that it could be some changes in terms of the wind direction and the market condition just as much as it could be, uh, you know, what you're doing internally in terms of recruiting. Now, on the list of more internal things that you can actually watch, and these are very important to really drill into, uh, and I think you may need to pull some data together to be able to track some of these, but I do think they're, they're especially important. One is lead flow. I'm hearing all around the country that the lead flow or the calls coming in are actually softening a bit. Now, when you're really busy with leads and sales, that could be kind of perceived as a little bit of a relief. However, it's not necessarily a good indication of kind of where things are heading for your business. So what I encourage is go back on a trailing six to 12 months. If you go back on a trailing six to 12 months, and then you look at the previous year for the same period of time, you can really get a feel for how are these numbers really shifting? Because if you drill down into the numbers, the numbers don't lie. And if you in in fact see kind of a month to month shift in these leads, uh, going down, that it's really, really important that you do something about it as opposed to wait two, three, four months out and all of a sudden you're, you're, uh, you're falling so far short, it's very hard to catch up. Uh, number five is an interesting one, and that is your average sale or your average ticket size. When you look back at 2008 and you look at the drop off uh, in home improvement and in the better remodeling companies out there, they dropped about 30 to 40 percent in the crash of 2008. Now, when you studied those within the business themselves, it was not the number of clients. It was not the number of projects. It was the average ticket that dropped by that 
percentage, 30 to 40%. So it's a great indicator to keep an eye on. We've seen in the last two or three years, we've seen that average ticket size go up and up and up and up. So if, again, you go back to trailing 12 and you watch what is the average ticket size during that period of time, and are we seeing it drop or that trend to go down versus going up? Because if it's going down, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is something you need to be prepared for and you need to approach the business a little bit differently because you'll very easily get to the point where if it drops 10 or 20 percent, that's dropping 20 per 10 to 20 percent of your business, which I think for many businesses would be very, very difficult to be able to handle. Number seven uh, is watching. And this is especially true with uh, uh, really all sorts of businesses, but watching the cancellations within your business. Now, cancellations could be design contracts, not necessarily moving forward, or it could be actually cancellations if you're in smaller scale or home improvement type projects. When you start to see those cancellations go up, usually it's an indication of something happening more in the marketplace, but it is an internal indicator you can actually keep an eye on. And if that uh, cancellation rate goes up, you either have to say, okay, what what is it going on within our business? But probably more importantly, it's not necessarily you. It's an indication of seeing kind of a market shift. And now number seven on my indications list list is watching time. Time is a wonderful indicator when it comes to uh, tracking what's going on in tide changes within your business. So for example, if you have a lead come in, that's when the clock starts. How long does it take to close it? Whether it's closing it in terms of design contracts or closing it in terms of appointments, closing it in terms of actual sale. Start to go back and track that amount of time. Now, again, if you can go back for a trailing 12 or go back a year from now and actually track that out and compare it to now, uh, some of the better companies out there track time very religiously and they watch that. And if it drifts out two or three days, it's very similar to watching your weight adjust by a pound or two. You wouldn't necessarily know that you've gained a pound or two However, you want to know that so you can adjust your course and get back to the weight you want or to get back to the place you want. So the bottom line, I think, with some of these things are these are all the indicators that are out there. There's, I'm sure, many others that are very specific to your particular business. But what I encourage you to do is make sure that you go back. Go back and listen to this podcast again and use these seven kind of indicators both internal and external, as ways to track. Now, I want to shift gears and talk about, okay, what can you do to just be better prepared for this? I truly do think that we can't continue to see this rise and things go up and up and up and up. We've got to have an adjustment. For the last 40 years I've been involved in this industry, we've seen multiple adjustments along the way. It's just normal in terms of the cycle of things. So, Number one on my list is spend a little bit more time focusing on the business, 
not just in the business. One of the common themes for business owners, for business leaders, is they're very, very busy. But they're busy on the doing it, not busy on the thinking about it, not busy on working on the business. So I think if you can just start to allocate more time focusing on the business, focus on the key indicators that I'm talking about, and start making appointments to yourself. Start start with something small. Maybe it's an extra two times a week for 30 minutes, you're going to focus on certain things. By doing the focus on working on the business, not just, uh, you know, in the business itself, I think you'll you'll see some improvement there. Second is you've got to master the time. You know, what I see is everybody is so busy. They're canceling things. They're in a reactive kind of mode. You've got to start to adjust and have a higher percentage of your time being proactive that you control rather than others control you. The better, smarter leaders out there are spending more time planning every single day. Matter of fact, the best of the best out there plan as much as 45 minutes or an hour and a half planning that day, making sure they're really buttoned up very, very tightly. Number three on my list is try not to corrupt your processes. I think we tend to react to what's going on and we tend to get scrappy, which is sometimes good, but we also tend to corrupt our process. Try to stick to the processes. Try to go back and review your processes. Are those processes being being adhered to or are they being corrupted or violated? Number four on my list is just a theme that's so important, and that is be hungry, not desperate. Just because you start to see some of these indicators that are happening, it's important not to get desperate and start to change fundamentally what you do. I had someone recently say, well, why don't I just drop my price by 5%? Because if we just got this particular project, it would really help us make the quarter. I don't know enough details about the situation. However, I did get a sense of, are you being a little bit desperate or are you should you just be hungry and push it a little bit harder? So try to be hungry and not desperate. And that's a cultural element that you need to grow throughout the company. Number five on my list is try to manage the pipeline. So what do I mean by this? Oftentimes when I'm working with companies, I look at the pipeline and the pipeline are, what are all those indications along the way? It starts with a lead flow. It starts with appointments. It starts with design contracts or sales. Then it goes on to pre-contract reviews and so on and so on. You need a certain amount of those to really be almost like a factory flowing through your business. You should know what the numbers are for each one of those steps and then look at the actuals. By looking at the numbers and the actuals, you're not going to see false positives and it's a very easy indication to be not only uh, what the challenge is, but also to make sure that you have the discipline to be better. Number six on my list is with this natural ten- t- tendency to shift down in terms of average ticket size, I do think it's not a bad idea to focus on some of the smaller projects. Now, if we see a real dip in the market, those small projects are going to be your life bread. So you need to at least think about, should we start to think about small projects, handyman division, things like that within our business? And it will take time. It's not an easy 
business to get into, but it oftentimes is a way to counterbalance some of the natural trends, which is where the larger project size has gone up and you need to, to adjust what you're doing and counterbalance that with some small projects. Small projects are not easier, but they're, they're going to require higher margins, but also small projects create clients and those clients will make it easier for the larger project sales to happen, especially if we see a heavier level of certainly uh, softening. And then number seven on my list of kind of things that you can do just to be better, and that is just focus more on your people. Spend more time, energy on the people in your business, not necessarily just the projects in your business. What does that mean? I'm going to have my one-on-ones with my key reports every single week religiously. I'm going to go deep, not just talking about what the latest updates on the projects and those kinds, but I'm going to go deep in terms of how they're feeling about things. What is it that they need to be motivated. And also getting your people aligned with the vision and these shifts that we're talking about out there in terms of the marketplace, because they can be like a giant radar dish for you as you're moving forward. So in in closing here, again, there's indications that are out there that we might see some softening, but I think there's also some equally counterbalancing things, things that you can do to certainly be better. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast and take care and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Remodeling Mastery Podcast by Mark G. Richardson, supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and Destination Motivation. Check out our earlier podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.